The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc. And the host of The Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Greetings, monsters. It's Maddie. Ronnie and I hope you had a beautiful holiday break. Whatever it is you celebrate, we hope that you got together with family and friends and also had a fun New Year's Eve, a fun and safe New Year's Eve. Uh, It's been a while, but we'll be back Tuesday, January 15th with a brand new episode, a traditional in-studio episode. In the meantime, we wanted to give you this late gift. Think of it as your ninth Hanukkah present or a late Christmas gift. Here is our live Season 2 kickoff party that we had at Wachusett Brewery, which sits literally on the forest edge of Monsterland. We were going to release it as the first episode of Season 2, but as you'll hear, uh, it's loud. And so we decided not to, because it ain't perfect sound-wise. 1,200 people showed up that night at the brewery. We were not ready for that. We were not expecting that. We thought maybe a couple hundred at most of our nearest and dearest uh, fans and friends, but 1,200 people showed up that night. So it's loud. The sound isn't perfect, but it's also fun. And there's some great stuff. And some of the guests you'll hear that we had on that night end up being guests this season and season two a little later. So listen for that. Uh, Also, there's a lot of local references here in Boston. A lot of you listen outside of the Boston area. Danielle Murr is a local celebrity who does a morning show here. Um, So there's some local references, things like that. But in general, you'll get a sense for what a great party it was. And we'll be back Tuesday, the 15th, brand new in-studio traditional Monsterland episode. Until then, enjoy this, a late gift. All the best to all of us in 2019. And let's get some answers in Monsterland. Live from Wachusett Brewery, literally on the forest edge of Monsterland, it's the Monsterland podcast. Make some noise, my monster! Tonight on the podcast, Massachusetts, more like Squatchachusetts, a shadow person tries to kill a news beauty. Hey, nice orbs. Ronnie gets a TV show. Another round of Make Maddie Cry. And is that a white snake in our pocket, or are we just happy to see you? Plus, a live version of Monster Mail, real-life stories from Monsterland, all from you. So man up, monsters. It's going to get squatchy, spooky, and thanks to Michael Devon of Whitesnake, it's going to get loud. Monsters and music and beers, oh my. Now, if I may quote the GOAT, number 12 himself, Tom Effin Brady. Let's face it, who may indeed be an interdimensional, shape-shifting hybrid reptilian. Let's go! Welcome, everybody. This is our podcast. We are live, Wachusett Brewing Company. I'm here with my co-host, the mayor of Monsterland, Ronnie LeBlanc. So, Ronnie, you grew up uh, right around here. Yeah. And you had a little experience when you were a kid. 
I did. And that led to a lifetime chasing the paranormal, an adult life. And you wrote a little book called Monsterland. And that's why we're here. It gave birth to this whole thing. Right. How does this feel looking out here now? It's surreal. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty awesome. From a book to this, um, (laughs) and if you're, if you're, if you listen to the podcast, you know the whole story. Um, Chances are, if you're joining us season two, it's a live premiere, a little different format. Right. But you know the whole story. Uh, Monsterland is a 5,000 plus state acre, a state forest, 5,000 plus acres where all kinds of weird paranormal stuff happens from orbs to UFOs to Bigfoots to ghosts to high strangest of all kinds. And we've kind of chronicled those stories on our podcast. We've had right. incredible guests. Season one was awesome. Was, if I could say lit. Yeah, absolutely. I think the kids say lit. Um, tonight we have an incredible show for you. We're going to have a, a local guy from right around here who started a local chapter of the Bigfoot Research Organization, the BFRO. Right. And of course, uh, if you are from this area listening to the podcast, you know Danielle Murr, who is from the Hillman Morning Show, a very popular local uh, radio show here in Boston. And she has her own experience uh, to tell, to share with us. Yeah, she's going to, it's an incredible story. Um, But before we get into our guests, and then of course, Michael Devin from Whitesnake. Michael Devin from Whitesnake did our theme song that you hear in and out of the podcast every day. It's called Monsterland. He'll be performing tonight live right after we finish our podcast up, and it's going to be an incredible show. These I guys sound unbelievable. unbelievable. I'm a local guy. So, Ronnie, um, real quick, let's recap. What's been up with you since the finale of season one of Monsterland? Not much. <laughs> Just a TV show. Just a TV show, maybe. Travel channel. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Lost a job. Probably got a new one. <laughs> uh, talk about the... Can you talk about the TV show? I think so. Well, maybe you don't mention any specifics, but uh, in general. So the producers of Ancient Aliens are working with the Travel Channel, and they're creating their own Ancient Aliens called Monster Mysteries. And so I had a chance to be on that show and uh, could be a regular author expert kind of just chiming in so it's pretty exciting stuff in January we're looking to uh, have the show launch. Fantastic man. Your own Ronnie LeBlanc Lemister is going to be a regular on a uh, now we both are on basic cable it's fantastic <laughs> and uh, I did another I did another six uh, one hour specials for the Curse of Oak Island drilling down. Awesome. And we actually did a paranormal themed one Finally. And uh, I actually got to do a little ghost hunting on Oak Island. So uh, it's going to be That's incredible. Great. And the season six premiere is November 13th. Um, History Channel. Yeah, yeah, History Channel. So, uh, wow, a lot has happened, a lot to come. But let's, why don't we get to our first guest? Let's do it. And get this thing going so people can keep drinking and eating. <laughs> How's the new, has anyone tried the, um, oh, that's the other thing, there's yeah. a, now we have our own cider, there's a Monsterland <laughs> cider. Does, has anyone had the Monsterland cider tonight? How is it? Good? Thumbs up? Yeah? All right. So our first guest, everybody, um, you know what, Ronnie, why don't you introduce him, because sure. you introduced me to him. John Wilk, where are you? John Wilk, come up here, buddy. He started Massachusetts. Give him a round of applause. Where, where is, is he? John. Hey, what's up, buddy? Welcome what's to Monsterland, buddy. 
Tell us about Check. Squatchachusetts. What is, what is Squatchachusetts for people that don't know? Well, we formed this group about uh, six, seven years ago of like-minded researchers here in Massachusetts, and we couldn't come up with a good name. So one night I was sitting on the couch, and I'm like, oh, Squatchachusetts. So I went to LegalZoom.com. I trademarked <laughs> it. I bought the website, and here we are up on stage with you guys now. <laughs> well, you, you have an incredible story yes. that, that moved me when I heard you tell it. Uh, could you, if you don't mind sharing with the people here and also the people listening on our podcast how it happened to you and, and how it changed your life? Uh, the Reader's Digest version of it was uh, uh, back in the 90s, I worked as a park ranger for the state uh, up in uh, Berkshires. And uh, I was out on patrol one night. And uh, it was about 10.30 at night. I was actually listening to a Red Sox game on the radio, uh, on my AM radio in my park ranger truck. <laughs> and I got out of the truck to um, check on some trash in the road. And this creature ran right out in front of the truck. And uh, I was just shocked. I was 21 years old. And I wasn't out looking for any creature. And uh, I went to jump in the truck. And I turned around, and there was another eight or nine foot tall creature standing behind the truck. Hold on, hold on. Eight or nine foot tall creature. And where did this happen? That? Where where were you? Up in Savoy Mountain State Forest. Where is that for those uh, who aren't up local? In the, up in the northern Berkshires. So uh, Florida Mountain, people that know that area up there. Let me put my drink down here. So uh, needless to say, I got out of there in a, in a, in a pretty big hurry. And uh, uh, I was pretty shaken up over it. I can imagine, had you had any sort of thought about these creatures before that time? Uh, no, you know, not not even a, a, an ounce of that. Never, never you know, I, I used to see bears and wolves and, and mountain lions and bobcat up there all the time. I even saw a few moose back in the 90s, but not a bipedal creature covered in hair that looks like an ape. You know? and, and did you did you feel threatened at any time? Like, did you fear for your life, or did you have time to even process that? I don't think that I processed it fast enough because I this, the scream just went right through me, and I jumped in the truck, and I, I remember I, I actually locked the door on the truck. You know, it's so bizarre that you can remember those things. And I picked up the radio, and I, I, I'm like, well, who am I going to call? Who am I going to tell about this? So I, I put the truck in drive. And I got out of there, and I, I, I probably drove about 50 miles an hour through the woods back to the office, you yeah. know? And, and could you describe um, in as close detail as you can what the creature looked like? You know, um, when you think about, I don't know if anyone here knows the Patterson-Gimlin film of the Bigfoot walking, you know, that famous film. Did it, did it look like that? Did it have a human face? Did it have fangs? What color eyes? Like, describe <laughs> yeah. what you saw. The creature that ran in front of me, I always refer to it as a, as a juvenile, like a teenager, because it, it had the build of, say, me, but it looked young. The face looked human, but the rest looked like an ape, and it ran right in front of the headlights of the truck, so I got a really good look at it. When it came around the side of the truck, it looked me right in the eye. Oh my God. So we had about a one or two second moment there that you just, you can't undo that. It's like seeing a a horrible movie or something. You're like, that movie was the worst movie I've ever seen. Or that was a horrible car accident. You can't unsee that stuff. And I probably would be in far better shape now if I never saw it. <laughs> you mean, what do you mean you'd be in far better shape if you well, never saw it? Well, look, at, here I am. I'm on stage with you guys at night talking about Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, I could be at home 
you know, watching the Celtics or something. Well, all right. <laughs> How did it affect your life, though, seriously? Like, did you, I think I remember you telling me that you changed your shift and, yeah. and, and your well, supervisor I, knew something was up, right? <laughs> exactly. So I had, I had seniority up there through the union, and I, I, everybody wanted to work the night shift because the campers would feed you. You know, you're like a bear. You know, they feed you, come by, hey, have a, have a hamburger or whatever. Nobody's around to bother you. So I said, I want to go back to the day shift. And he's like, I don't understand. I, and then he finally got it out of me that I, I told him about the story. And he went over to the drawer in the filing cabinet and pulled out a, a file about this thick of all the Sasquatch sightings from the past 30 or 40 years up wow. there at the park. That's incredible. So, that's, so that's you, you finally break down and admit to him, look, yep. I saw this. It's embarrassing, but I, I don't know if you'll believe me. I saw it. And he pulls out a, a file of old cases. Yeah. And some of them were fascinating. One of my favorite ones was from the 30s. I don't know if anybody knows about the, the Civilian Conservation Corps. They were the ones that built all the state parks right after World War, uh, actually before the war, during the, uh, the, the uh, Depression to get men back to work. There was an engineer's uh, note in there. This is from a, a civilian um, member of the Army Corps of Engineers. He wrote in there um, something to the effect of Hal and Jim were out on such and such road, putting in wood guardrails, saw a nine foot tall ape creature. Jeez. Hal and Jim won't go back to finish guardrail. And, and that, that was like a handwritten pencil note from 1933. Wow. So, um, and then there was a couple from some campers that had had a terrifying experience in the night and actually checked out of the, one of the cabins, left the key behind and talked about this creature trying to get into their cabin at two or three in the morning. So there, there's a rich history of, of Sasquatch sightings up in up in the Berkshires. Talk about Massachusetts in general. I know, like about a year ago, you mentioned there were about 200 cases that you guys were trying to work on. You don't even have enough people to yeah. go through those. Yeah, there, there's only a handful of us. Uh, everybody else has regular lives. You know, right. <laughs> they have stuff that they'd rather go do. But losers is what losers, you're. We're right, losers right, is okay, what you're yeah, trying yeah, to get. <laughs> I don't live in a basement, okay? I don't live in a basement. <laughs> so. uh, we're part of this national organization called the BFRO. Some of you that have seen the TV show uh, Finding Bigfoot, that was the premise start of that show. Not all the cast members were part of the BFRO, but that's what kind of got Finding Bigfoot going. So Dave, who is out here tonight, uh, him and I started doing the Massachusetts sightings, and we just realized that there were so many of them that we couldn't get to them, so we brought in some more help. But right now I have 30, I think 38 open cases just in Western Massachusetts wow. that I'm trying to work on, but you can only do so much. I have a life, I have a job. You know, the Red Sox are going to the World Series. Yeah! yeah. Red Sox <laughs> World so Series, baby. I'm, I'm, you know, right now I'm going to see the Red Sox next week, so Sasquatch will have to wait. But you, you can come down here and have done some research because there's a, a lot of cases in Monsterland and around right. Monster State Forest, there's, right? there's one that I have right now. What's the name of that road? What's the name of that oh, road? Uh, Beanpot. Be Beanpot Road. So there's a farmer up there who has recently seen this creature hanging out on the border of his property. He describes it as a slender, eight to nine foot tall hairy creature that <laughs> kind of peeks around the tree at him when he's out uh, in the fields. And um, I haven't heard from him in a couple of months. And we don't like to badger people. We just, uh, we, we want them to trust us. And because what we're looking for, we're looking for the raw data. We're looking for, for anything that can give us some conclusive evidence 
that we're looking for so we can get this species categorized and cataloged and hopefully protected so that um, when they do finally come up with a body that people aren't out they're not going to hunt these things to extinction and that's what it's going to take so that right? so that's what we're trying to do because uh, if when this creature not if when this creature finally gets categorized every university in the in the world is going to want a body every hunter is going to try to bag one of these things right. and then and then what have we done we brought attention to a species that is now going to be blown out of extinct into extinction and that's not our goal i personally i'm looking for answers from just for myself I right. want to know what these creatures are and how they've managed to survive with us ruining the planet right underneath them. Look what we've done. Uh, we've built houses in their backyards. We push them into areas and we, we leave trash behind. We pollution. I wouldn't want anything to do with us. They certainly right. don't want anything to do with us. So I think their whole life revolves around avoiding us and just trying to live among us without really us knowing. <laughs> John, you've been doing this a long time, and you had an experience. There's basically two camps. There's more than that, but let's just say basically two camps. There is one camp that says this is an undiscovered biological creature, a North American great ape, if you will. It's explainable. It just hasn't been discovered yet. And there's another camp that says there's something more to this. It's paranormal. We would have got one by now. They're interdimensional, something. Where do you... Uh, if you fit into one of those camps, where do you stand? Thank you for putting me on the spot. With that. I appreciate that. I, I am undecided on the paranormal thing. Uh, I believe they're flesh and blood because I've seen them. Right. I don't Actually, I don't believe them. I know that they're flesh and blood. I've seen these creatures. However, Dave and I and some other people have had some things happen out there that we just cannot explain. That would you, you would deem paranormal. Right. right? I... I don't have, you know, those UFO people are crazy, uh, you know. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, no, that's, there's always a good jesting between UFO people and Bigfoot people and paranormal people. All I can tell you is we've had things in the field that have happened to us that I can't explain. We've seen the orange orbs. We've seen the bolt of, of electricity flying through the air. We've um, seen the unexplained floating objects around these Bigfoot sightings. Do I tie them together? Personally, no, because I haven't seen the evidence to tie them together. But I have witnessed those other things that you refer to as paranormal. Yeah. Dave and I saw an orange orb recently that you know just blew us away. It looked like an orange soccer ball floating through the woods. Can't explain that. We were two miles from anywhere. There was no headlights there. There was no flashlights. We, we can't explain it. But then two hours later, we had a possible Bigfoot encounter in the same area. See, so that's, 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 if you listen to season one of Monsterland podcast, available on iTunes, Pod 617, and everywhere you get your and YouTube uh, podcast, we tell, I mean, how many, we said it a thousand times, this link between orange orbs or UFOs and Bigfoot. And right around here, around this whole area, there are so many stories of orange orbs in particular. Something's going on. It might not be uh, paranormal, it might not be UFOs, but it ain't nothing. There was People are seeing these things. It's, they're constantly happening. It's, it's insane. How many people here, I just want to do a quick poll because, you know, John, you run a local chapter of the BFRO. How many people here, by a show of hands, if you're so willing, have had an experience themselves or know someone that has had an experience with any sort of Bigfoot or what we would call a Bigfoot creature? <laughs> by hand. Anyone? No one's going to admit it. Oh. Anyone? No. 
How about orange orbs? Anyone? Oh, couple. Yeah. A couple over here. Um, so, John, where can people find you if they're too shy to raise their hand here, but they have had an experience? Where well, can people find you? We'll be out back for a little while. You can go to our horrible website, squatchachusetts.com. <laughs> and if anybody here wants to do some pro bona um, website, uh, website work, we'll give you a free T-shirt. <laughs> we'll hook you up. We can but, hook you up. Yeah, you can find us on the web. We're on Facebook. Um, just don't call me at 2 in the morning pretending you just saw a Bigfoot because you think it's funny. Sorry about that. Yeah, Sorry yeah. about that. I knew it was you. You did it twice. <laughs> Ronnie and I have been drinking. I, I can't tell you how much fun it, it was coming up here and talking with you guys. Uh, John. Uh, uh, Monsterland is real. Uh, there's stuff going on here, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Squatch it, Jesus. John Wilk, everybody. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, buddy. Go get some shirts by Squatch Choosers in the back. Check out those Bigfoot casts. Everybody having fun so far, yeah? Yeah. Want to take a minute to tell you about the Boston Podcast Network. That's that Pod 617 site over there. Just a few years ago, podcasting was on the fringe of the media world. Now, there are more than half a million active podcasts. Can you believe that? We're on the verge of an information revolution. Working with Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network allows you and your business to be part of it. They'll produce your show soup to nuts. They'll do it all for you. If you have an idea for a podcast, contact them. They will help you. Contact Pod 617 to start planning. And in the meantime, listen, learn, and binge. Whether you're into music, sports, comedy, business, or politics, you'll find something here for you. Visit pod617.com. In Pod, we trust. Also, we have Ian Barrett over here from Media, media Boss. Boss. All your media the man. needs. The man. And uh, I think we have our headliner here this evening. And don't forget... There's going to be a musical extravaganza right after this. Gonna melt your faces. Michael Devon from Whitesnake performing right here on this very stage. They sound so good. Ah, uh, another f***ing pickup. God damn it. Oh shit, we're recording. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland. Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. Well, let's bring up our uh, final guest, next and final. You might know her as Danielle Murr. Or on Kathy. From the Hillman Morning Show, Danielle Murr, everybody. Danielle Murr! Hello. Hello, everybody. How are we? Happy Friday. Thank God. I need your help for a quick second. I know we're all having conversations and doing important things, but there's a, a lovely young woman right down here in a plaid shirt, my good friend AI. Hello. And it's her birthday. Can you give her a round of applause oh for her God. birthday, please? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So, Danielle. Hi. This is a tough environment to talk about issues like this. I work with LB. You know that, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I want to forget your paranormal experience. I'm, what's it like <laughs> working with LB? Let's talk about the really scary stuff. It's been weird the last week since he's been so lucid. I know. Oh, yeah. Very odd. Clear-minded, sharp on the ball, respectful. No, Keeps no throwing me for a loop. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, you know, ideally we'll get you in the studio and really kind of get into it because it's, 
you know, it's an emotional topic. It's a serious topic, what happened to you. Yes. Um, but we knew that it would be great for you to be here because you've got so many fans. So basically, what happened to you? When did You had a shadow person experience, correct? I had shadow people, plural. All right, so for those of you who don't know, shadow people, and we've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but we haven't really done a shadow person episode. It's a pretty common phenomenon that people see these shadow people. They are basically what they sound like. They're some sort of black shadow. People describe them as darker than the dark room. You can right. see the outline. Many times they're described as having wearing a hat of some kind, uh, being kind Trench of coat. evil, evil or yeah. yes, or uh, malevolent presence. They might be tied to the incubus, succubus thing. But a lot of people see them. A lot of people have these experiences. So, Daniel, where did this start with you? When did this start? So this started in my house many, many years ago. The second house I grew up in that I moved to when I was about 12 in Swampscott. And I always felt creeped out. But not just general, like, old house, moldy, creeped out. It was, like, fear for your life creeped out, like you had to run out of a room. And the room that I slept in, which is ironically the room I'm back in now, always just had this bad energy. And I always felt like someone was watching me from this corner up that here. Sensation of yeah. Watching. Like, you know how you want, you're just like, you're sitting there and you're like, is somebody, is somebody here? Hmm. What is that? Or do you think it like, that sense you get when a TV is on in another room and then you check it and you're like, there's nothing on. Right. So I couldn't sleep. And I'm the kind of person that needs complete darkness, complete silence to sleep. I had to sleep with the TV on. I had to sleep with the light on. It's like, what am I, six? So it ha years and years and years went by. I never was comfortable being in that house. I didn't really have that problem in other places that I lived. I didn't have it if I traveled. And it was pretty unique to the house. And my mom is not a believer in anything paranormal. So she would say, well, just put the alarm on. Nobody can hurt you. I'm like, these are things that can get past an alarm, mom. <laughs> so fast forward to about, I'd say maybe about 2008, a friend of mine was working with a, like a paranormal ghost hunting group. And she said, let's come to your house and we'll check it out. And naturally, the first thing people always ask me is, well, how much do they charge you? They didn't. This is what they did. This was their passion. Right. So they came in to do some ghost hunting. So my friend Jamie showed up with a few of the people, and we were waiting for the guy, George, who was like the head of everything, to show up. So he pulls up out front in his little red car, and he's sitting out there for 10, 15 minutes. And she texts him and says, you can come in. And he said, no, I'm getting too much right now. I'm taking notes. I'll be in in a little while. So finally, another five, 10 minutes goes by. He comes in the house. They're doing EVP recordings. They're taking photos. They're finding orbs all over the place. Wow. Uh, later on in the evening, one of the girls said, we got some great stuff on the EVP. Do you want to hear it? And I was like, nope. <laughs> did did you that ever? that to yourself. Thanks. No. Really? Because it was, something, it was something that would sit with me. Like, I can't even watch previews of, of like, if there's a, a haunted kid, a light behind a door, if I see it, it's in my brain. And I can't. It just sticks with me. So we went through this whole thing. He's walking from room to room. And, he and I didn't tell him which was my room, and all the rooms were set up similar, so it wouldn't have been obvious where I slept. And he came out of my room, and he stopped, and he said, it's shadow people. And I'm like, what the, what the heck is shadow people? And my friend shook her head, and she's like, oh, that's not good. I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> so he nods to himself, and he said, yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I verbalized it, they took off. 
So it turns out that evidently, since I'm so receptive to feeling this energy, they love me. So I had a, a handful of them that kind of latched on to me. And I'm like, well, this is comforting. So George said, not to worry, we can rid your house of them. And again, this is the point where people say, how much did he charge you? And I said, he didn't. So we sit in my room, and he sits in a chair in the corner, and he proceeds to go through this whole incantation, calling on all the archangels, Gabriel, Michael, oh, Gabriel, excuse me. Stiz grimy. Stiz Yo. <laughs> was the shadow person trying to give you his rap CD by any chance? He was not. Okay. He did he was not. There was also no faux Eminem ghost in the house, which was nice. <laughs> So he goes through this whole thing, and I'm laughing because I, it's a nervous reaction. I don't know what to course, do. Right. And I looked at my friend. I said, I don't mean to be disrespectful. And, he, and she said, don't worry. Like, whatever you feel, just, just experience it. And I'm like, okay, because this is weird. <laughs> so he's going through this whole thing. He's writhing. It's like the exorcist. He's in his chair. The guy, like, threw his back out. He couldn't walk for a week. <laughs> and he finally, at the end of it, he's, hum he's slouched over in the chair. And he's like, oh. That was tough. He goes, these walls were dripping with anger. Like, like you want to hear anger? that about where you sleep. Yeah. Oh, walls are dripping with anger. So I was like, okay. And I'm not the kind of person that you can just say, hey, we did this. It's all set. Placebo effect. And right. I'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. So they left. And I'm still skeptical. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, who knows? I slept like a baby that night. I've never had a problem since. And my mother, this is the true test. So my mother came over the house four or five days later, and she said to me, she walks into the foyer, and she said, wow, did you clean? It feels really light in here. And I was like, what? What do you mean it feels light? She's like, I don't just, it has a light air in here. It feels very airy. And I was like, that's because I had the house exercised. And she's like, oh, that's not real. So anyway, fast forward a week or two from then, and I get an email from George, and he says, I'm just checking in. Your house is clear. The shadow people were on the sidewalk when I left. They can't figure out why they can't get back in. And I'm like, as long as they can't get back in. He said, but there's a nest of three of them across the street from your house. I can remove them remotely. Again, how much did he charge? Nothing. So he took care of it, and I've never had an issue in that house since. I live in that house now. I sleep in that same room. I have never felt, but I would wake up in the middle of the night and feel like I was being watched, or I'd wake up and there would be like a gray mist above me. Whoa. And everybody Holy say, God. automatically everyone jumps, oh, it's sleep paralysis, look it up. And I'm like, you look it up, pal. <laughs> and as soon as I realized it was there, it would disappear. Or there have been other times that I felt like something was right next to the bed and I couldn't move, but I was, it wasn't that I was lucid dreaming, I was wide awake, and I'm like, this is, I can't get away from this. So. My God, did you feel any sort of um, message or do you feel like they're trying to tell you something or harm you? Other than the scariness of having something like that in you, were you receiving any feelings? Basically, shadow people are just like a blanket of negative energy. That's yeah. how it was described to me and they want to suck everything out of you. They, people, off your energy, yeah, yeah, people wake up exhausted. Even if they sleep, they don't feel like they have a restful sleep and they just basically want to, it's, it's like a parasite almost, right. or like a really bad ex-wife. They want to take everything yeah. from you that they can. Um, and I just, I always felt like that draining energy. And I would go to other rooms in the house and it wouldn't be as bad, but it would still be there. And you know, the guy George was just like, look, he goes, they know that you believe, they know that you can feel it, so you're an easy target, so they mm -hmm. latch onto you. And I'm like, great. But thankfully, he, I mean, he gave me some tips and I've read up a lot on psychic protection and 
and what you can do within your house and within yourself to kind of keep that bad energy away. And for whatever reason, it's worked. And, and again, no, nothing's I can, happened since. Nothing's happened since. And, and I mean, I'll go places and I'll walk in and be like, Ooh, get that shiver. And I'm like, something's not right here. I don't like this. You I don't do. want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, peop and people discount it. They're like, oh, you're just creeped out. And I'm like, it's like I'm in like an, an, a house that was built in 2002. It's not like it's an old house on an Indian reservation. There's no reason for me to be creeped out. I just, there's something bad here. Does your mom have any experiences in that house? None. Because she doesn't believe in it. But my grandmother, who used to live there with us, um, she had Parkinson's disease. So she couldn't speak very well for a long time. So in the same room that I live in, that I experienced all that stuff in, after she passed, she had kind of a, one of those lift-up recliners in the corner of the room that she would sit in most of the day. Sounds like something out of a horror movie, I know. But she would always look up at that same corner. Oh and I God. never, and, and she couldn't talk. She couldn't speak very well, so she, she would, would she would type on an old typewriter. But she would, we would always, my, my mother would go in and say, Ma, what are you looking at? And she would just always be staring up in that corner. Oh, God. And my mother would try to tell me, oh, it's your grandfather. He's watching over you. I'm like, this is bad. This is not comforting. This is something very bad that, you know, not that it would have the ability to hurt me like some other types of bad energy, but just enough that it messes with you psychologically that you can't function. Jeez, do you, do you ever have trouble, you know, sleeping now? Does it ever come back to you? And you, because I, I know if I had an experience like that, I would, yeah. I would, like really have off. trouble sleeping, yeah. even if right. they were quote unquote, you know, gone from my house. I have, I'm an insomniac now, but that's because my brain doesn't shut off, and I'm thinking of all the things I need to do in my house, right, or right. the animals that I'm fostering, or what's coming up on the show this week, or something like that. But I haven't felt that sensation where it's like I need to get out of the house right I haven't felt that since right. which has been very amazing did it did it I've talked about it on this on season one before that any sort of paranormal experience like this even a negative one yeah can actually increase your faith because then it's like all right if yeah. this exists then maybe other stuff right. exists did it right. did it increase you as a spiritual person or your faith even though it was a negative experience I would say so yeah yeah definitely was it something I experienced firsthand and, right. you know, the more I talk about it, you know, we talk, we've talked about it on the show a handful of times, and there are a lot of people that will text in and be like, I had the same experience, I thought it was just me, and then you get the non-believers that are like, oh, you're friggin' nutcase. Yeah, you're that's, dreaming. Right, yeah, that's ridiculous, it's sleep paralysis, you, you know, stay off the drugs, stop drinking, like maybe you ate something that gave you heartburn, and I'm like, but it's not the sriracha, it's a shadow person, <laughs> so. Well, Danielle, I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you got through it. Me too. At least for now. Now all I have to worry about is scrimy. Um, you're beautiful. You're talented. You're awesome. You are. I would love to have you in the studio when it's yes. quiet, and we'll really get into it more sure. at another time. But it's a great story, and thank you for sharing it. Of course. Thank Danielle you for having Murray, me. everyone, from the Hillman Morning Show. Yeah. Our queen. Our lovely queen. Aw. <laughs> um, so at this point in the show, could you actually stay up while, while we close? Is that all right? Sure. Now it's time for Monster Mail. At this point in the show, what we normally do is what we call Monster Mail, because people email us questions or stories about any paranormal experiences they might have had. But I figured we'd do maybe a quick live version. Does anyone here have any sort of experience that they would like to share with us? Uh, just raise your hand. You can come right up. Anyone have any paranormal experience that they want to share? Bring it up. Come on up. Come on up. Who you got? Come on. Yeah, come on up. Come on up, brother. 
Give him a round of applause. This takes guts. Yeah. Step right up here, man. What's your How's name? What's your name, brother? Jackson. Jackson, where are you from? Ashford, Massachusetts, right next to you. All right, baby. nice. And uh, Jackson, what do you do for work? Looks like you're some, some sort of uh, scientist, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. You work I'm in a, a lab? With, oh, okay, on the yeah. Side. Right. Primarily, I'm a physicist. But That's what I figured. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with, you, you know, just. You nailed it on the head. <laughs> um, and what happened to you? Well, I was dropped on my head as a kid. Well, all right. Uh, uh, so there's that. Not what's wrong with you. What paranormal experience did you have? Let me be more Oh, I don't have one at all. No, oh, you I don't? I started yelling. Just want to come up and meet, <laughs> meet, meet Danielle? Yeah, come on, Danielle. Kid. Hi. What's up, Danielle? Hi, what's up, buddy? All right. Yeah, why not? Well, you did a good thing because this is a creepy podcast and things got really creepy right now. So good job. I did it. You're welcome, ladies. And watch you see Brewery! Thank you. Sandy, the for Brewery! Oh, you want to give Danielle a hug. Thank you, brother. Anyone have an actual paranormal story? No? A real one? Right here. There's a hand back here. No, everyone's too, I know you've had them. You're just too shy. We don't bite. Anyone? Anyone? Lost loved ones? Bueller, Contact Bueller. with lost loved ones? Big, oh, here we go. Mike. Come on up. What's your name, sir? My name's Mike. Mike? And where are you from, Mike? I'm from New Hampshire. New Hampshire. And help him up there. Mike, what happened to you? Uh, what did? I've been an experiencer since I was about the age of three years old. In, in what sense? Are we talking uh, ghosts, Bigfoot, what? Uh, extraterrestrial. Oh. So have you seen UFOs? I have. And you've seen extraterrestrials as well? I have as well. Now, have you been, do you feel like you've been abducted? I do. And has this been occurring, th you said, throughout your life? Throughout my life. Uh, last occurrence was about two weeks ago. Really? Oh, my goodness. And do you feel it's been a negative experience or a positive experience? Uh, negative when I was young because I didn't understand it. But now that I've come to understand it, I think it's a positive thing. Now, did you, did you understand that this happened to you through memory or through hypnotic regression or what? Uh, real life, real life. I remembered it. There are bits I did go through regression for, but for the most part, I remember. And where were you abducted from? From your bedroom or from outside somewhere? Uh, mostly my bedroom. Sometimes I was lured outside. And, and are these grays, or what kind of aliens are we talking? Uh, a mix. I am, I've had a unique experience. It's not your standard abduction story. Well, we got to have them on the show. Definitely. we got to have you on the show, brother. <laughs> but... but you grew up a house away from him? Hold on, I can't hear uh, What, honey? You got abducted with him? Give her the mic for a second. You were abducted with him, what's your yes. name? Kristen Capucci. And had you ever been abducted before? No, I'm a psychic medium. I had um, contact with ETs, but I had never had the abduction. We went camping and we both thought, I saw them. And were you taken into the craft? Lost, did you have lost time too? Yes. Wow. Did. That's unreal. And I it's had a bruise the next day. I had you had bruises? Do you think there was any implants done to you? You do. I think they're tracking me with him. <laughs> All right, this is incredible. We just, uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. We want to get more information. We will get more information from you. Well, before I give up the mic, I yeah. just got to do something here since uh -oh. we have this huge crowd for Monsterland, for WAAF. 
When I say monster, you guys say land. Y'all ready? Monster. 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 We off the air. Woo-hoo! I love it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience. Let's give it up for them. That takes some guts. Thank you, Mike. Now, listen, you know, whether you believe this stuff or not, we've met a lot of witnesses, and um, they believe something happened to them, and they're not the only one. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that uh, have had their lives turned upside down by these yeah. experiences. And that takes courage for him to come up and say that. It does. All these people being recorded. Absolutely. So. Thank you, Mike. Mike, you can be uh, abducted under our ship any day, brother. <laughs> I'd like to find more about that. That's I know, seriously. All right, well, we've uh, interrupted your party long enough. want to thank you all. Uh, please check out the Monsterland podcast. It's available on iTunes. Get it on iTunes. You can get it on SoundCloud. Just search Monsterland podcast. You can look it up on Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. We also have a YouTube channel where you can actually watch the videos of our podcast. Monsterland TV. And Ronnie, where can people find us on socials? Social media, Monsterland Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and every other social media channel. Anyone have any questions for Danielle Murr, the biggest celebrity here tonight? Anyone have any questions? Last chance. All right, well, go, go hit on her up at the bar and ask her whatever yes. you want. Just don't abduct her. We love her. Thank you, Wachusett Brewery. Yes, thank you, thank you guys for hosting AI. this. We will do it again. Thank you to Michael Devon, who's going to be playing in just a little bit. Shortly here. Thank you to John Wilk, Squatchusett. Thank you to the lovely and talented Daniel. Thank Mayer. you for having me, sis. Thanks, Media Boss. Thanks, Pod Six One Seven. Thank you, Ronnie LeBlanc. Thank you, Maddie Blake. You can get his book Monsterland wherever fine books are sold. I'm Maddie Blake. This has been the Monsterland Podcast. Season two, let's go. Thank you all. Thank you for listening.